0: Hey, up competitive
1: and I'm Martin Fraser.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I was yawning, and we are Loud Americans discussing <laughs> soccer, better known as Lads. Lads.
1: Mm. Today
0: is Wednesday, March twenty fourth, twenty twenty one. We were off last week crazy things going on in the world and people's lives so we apologize uh, and i appreciate everyone who reached out to us to see what's going on and whatnot so but doesn't get who gives a fuck it was saint patrick's day recently go irish go uh ira i mean go everybody uh <laughs> Just want to say uh we're back and you know this is gonna be a fan friendly episode. We have tons of questions, so for the majority, uh we're gonna be answering questions from you guys. So thank you again for everybody's support who supports like all the pages and all the content we do, as little content as we do. So yeah. And Martin, um, how rude of me. How are you doing, bud?
1: Man, I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be back talking to my best bud about some Seox Seawald. Uh I, <laughs> I I'm just fucking You know, like this is 2021 has just been another fucking crazy year. And we're about to be hit with just gobs upon gobs upon gobs of soccer. And this weekend kind of felt like a little fucking uh, break on the soccer thing. I I told Kev before the pod, I uh, didn't get to see any of the games live um, because of work and shit. And so it felt like I missed a true fucking weekend of soccer. And I don't know what to do with myself. I do not like that feeling at all.
0: It's like a void, and how do you fill it?
1: Yeah. Um, it's it's weird, and God forbid when international break comes, oof, blue city.
0: Uh, well, I mean, we at least got the U.S. men's team coming up, and they're playing Jamaica, which will be sick, which uh, low-key, or not even low-key, high-key. I don't know how kids use that fucking phrase, but anyway, Jamaica looks nice. Jamaica, honestly, has like a decent squad, especially some of the recent players who, uh, is it defer or chose not to go to a different country? And went and played for Jamaica instead. Um, I mean, international breaks still suck dick. But hey, Euros—we got the Euros coming soon, so at least it's we have—it's a—it uh, is for sure coming Ugh. home. But I mean, after seeing Gareth Southgate's, you know, I mean, there's a lot of injuries on the England squad. But Jesus Christ, can Gareth? If uh, I don't even know what to do with Gareth Southgate. Not to get on a weird tangent, but this guy,
1: man, I—how do you feel about him? Do, uh, see. I'm an England fan first and foremost before USA, and I'm kind of of the same ilk there. And it's it's kind of the same with Alder Gundersson. Like he's 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 put enough promise into his team, his national team, especially at last World Cup. Um, throughout the qualifiers since the World Cup, like this English national squad looks good when they play. Um, but his squad selection, his national selection. It's just fucking mind-boggling at times. And when he gets it wrong, he gets it so badly wrong. And and look, there is a plethora of fucking midfield options, defensive options. So, I, like, if, if your player didn't get picked, that's mostly due to just the crazy amount of options he has. And the fact that he's a fucking nunsen and has no idea what he's doing. But, you know, when push comes to shove, if we're being completely honest, I'm happy with what he's done with this squad, because uh, you look at any other fucking previous England English manager, they had nowhere near this kind of fucking progress, nowhere near this kind of fucking fight in this team. And, you know, fucking Southgate gets a lot of fucking shit. And, some of it deserves. I want to see I the think he outperforms. Yeah. Well, I, shit, dude. I, I, I mean, the World I, Cup. Like, I thought he did phenomenal. But, that, but in that
0: Martin, World that was forever ago. Now, I, I, I know yeah. we keep. I we talk about the World Cup now, but that was 2018. We are in 2021. Everyone's like, "Oh, Mbappe when he won the World Cup." I'm like, "Yeah, he was a teenager then." Like there, the time has changed since the 2018 World Cup. So that's why I really need to see the Euros because since the World Cup, this England squad looks just okay. And they ah. have a lot of hype. And I think it's because it's England, it's because of the media, it's because of Harry Kane. <laughs> yeah. And I really need to see how they do in the Euros. And it's pretty much, I don't want to say Euros or bust. I mean, if they make it to like, what do you say, like the semifinal, then he'll probably be good. But anything la- la- uh, less than that if they kind of fizzle out, then I'll, I think there's his, especially the English media, I think he will be out quick.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely got to fucking agree on that. Um, I, I think he definitely did enough in 2018, um, to, to keep his job and deservedly. So, but if, if this is a classic England failure out at the group stage, out at the round of fucking 32, what have you, <laughs> man, he's on the hot seat again. And look, it's not like there, there are not, um, other managers. England they just seem to think that they've found their man in Gareth Southgate and and I might I, I, I support England to death so I gotta support Gareth Southgate uh, by default but when he was the manager of Middlesbrough back in the fucking day he was my idol so all of the shit that I will talk I'll wow. just picture his fucking <laughs> buck tooth ass face in a Middlesbrough suit and tie and jacket and wow all of a sudden, he does it for me.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I thought it was weird leaving Bamford out. I mean, I guess he's injured. Mm. Trent. That whole midfield Trent is sucks. weird right now. Like, because a Hendo not injured. Uh, uh, Trent does not suck. That's the... Please. Um, he's just... He's, he's a bit out of form. It happens. Um, he's been playing for like two years. I, I, I know. It's just like, you know... It is it, not uh, that whole Liverpool squad has a, a multitude of issues, and it goes back to where their talisman captain, uh, or I guess Jordan Henderson's a captain, but their leading defender being injured earlier in the year. And I'm, I'm not going to recycle, oh, Liverpool were ruined because of one player, but they were. Um, so I don't know. I just, but shout out to Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw, this was the year of Luke Shaw at Man United. I think, yeah, he, for real. Um, I mean, obviously Bruno Fernandez is going to win your player of the year, but um I mean if you were gonna say who's a second, I would I would say Luke Shaw probably.
1: Yeah, I would I would definitely fucking give Luke Shaw a, a giant shout. I mean, the man has the most um attacking contributions as a defender in the Premier League. And he defends goddamn well too. Like his tendency is not yeah. to go forward all the time. His he's more of a natural left back. So I think that definitely deserves some praises and and I think that uh, the media um has kind of been quiet on that front. I mean, Luke Shaw, basketball short wearing Luke Shaw. You mean buzz cut Luke Shaw? You mean fat Luke <laughs> Shaw? This Luke Shaw is just performing out of this fucking gourd right now. I think everybody was a little taken aback, but it it kind of goes back to uh the old joke. Once Alex Telles came to Manchester United, Shaw turned into fucking just ma- Matweedy. He turned into fucking. <laughs> anybody worth a damn in soccer and he stepped up Roberto Carlos (laughs) yeah Yeah. I haven't
0: seen that yeah a lot or like prime Danny Alves he just turned into um well I guess Danny was a right back so I guess it'd be like Jordi Alba or something anyway yes he's like it's like uh what's it called when uh to do an American football analogy it's like how uh the Green Bay Packers drafted that quarterback
1: and then Aaron Rodgers yeah MVP see (laughs) Do do you remember what quarterback they drafted because it was a first uh, rounder, and they they had like the fifteenth pick or uh, something. It was like a decent quarterback.
0: Yeah, and it was just like put a fire under Rogers' yeah. ass, and that's and that's Which what Ellis did to, uh, to fucking Shaw. So, you know, I don't think that's a good strategy for any sport. <laughs> like, <laughs> like actually, just you know, um, don't waste a draft pick or waste a signing just to make another player motivated. That's weird, but it, I, hey, if it works, does it work? Whatever. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, that's really really weird logic to think, like, oh, we're going to just bring in a player not to use him, but to use him to motivate another one. That's that's fucking crazy logic in my brain. But you know what? I can't can't make fun of it if it's fucking working. But OK. Talk about the London Derby this weekend. The The
1: real London Derby, the true London Derby. Right. uh,
0: The West Ham versus Arsenal match, which began as though um i've never gone through this might have been the most roller coaster in uh terms of emotions uh i've been on this whole season and it kind of like in uh timmy howard after the match uh pretty much summed it out best that this was the most arsenal of arsenal games of all time to kind of encapsulated our entire season and i was like (laughs) absolutely which You had West Ham, Jesse fucking Lingard dancing again in London on Arsenal, uh, scoring, assisting within four minutes. Um, And then next thing you know, it's three nothing, three nil. And I'm like, oh, okay, yep, this makes sense. West Ham are in way better form. They're having this, you know, season of their lifetime. Of course, they're going to walk all over us. Uh, Our good friend David Moyes decides to park the bus uh and then when you know people let off the gas on arsenal you know what we do we play amazing if you (laughs) if you let arsenal have time and space we will cut you apart and the funny thing is martin it ended up being a 3-3 draw amazing comeback but uh five out of the scored by west ham players because two of those were own goals (laughs) 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 which is absolutely Wild. Um. And Lacazette came up big. Odegaard was unbelievable, looking like prime Ozil out there. Um, one weird O for another. Great. Um, absolutely insanity of a match. Super chippy. Uh, chances on both sides. If Mikel Antonio could actually finish for once in his life, I feel like West Ham could have won this easily, like four two, um, or even more. Um. But yeah, it, it almost came to the end where West Ham were holding on to Dear Life for that one point after being 3-0. So the just position, the fucking uh how the game flipped on its head from one half to another is un was unbelievable to watch. Um and at the end of the day though, Arsenal just drew and this is the what we've been all season. As like Tim Howard had put it, uh we are this type of mid-table team at this point.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, to, to piggyback off what you said and, and what Timmy Howard said, um, I, I think this game was the perfect encapsulation of Arsenal because if you look at the two fucking halves as two different games, it was the two sides of Arsenal, the duality of Arsenal, if you will. And, and in that first half, y'all were just walked all over. But in the second half, um, especially uh, in the latter stages of that second half, you guys look like the team that you and I always say, um, can beat anybody on their day. Arsenal looks fucking phenomenal. And not just in terms of results, but in terms of their link up play, the tactics, the individual fucking talent on the pitch, the crossing, the fucking finishing like Arsenal on their fucking day looks unbeatable. And that was that second half. And yeah, uh, West Ham did score five goals, Thomas Suchek. And I think it was uh, fucking Dawson. Um, both own goals, but shoot. <laughs> I wanted,
0: uh, Mark Noble came in late in the game. I'm like, please, Noble, please get an own goal. I love <laughs> it. You fucking cunt. I know. I mean, uh, no disrespect. We have a lot of West Ham fans in this show, but Mark, no, and, and they know it too. He's such a cunt, but he's like a, cl- a club legend. So, um, I wanted him, to, I just wanted to be a three, three where West Ham completely capitulated themselves. They just totally fucked themselves. But then again, like Arsenal were creating those chances and allowing, uh, you know, those opportunities oh, in okay. the box.
1: It's not like they just turned around and shot on uh, fucking Fabianski. Uh, you guys you guys forced those own goals, so I don't, I don't think that can be taken away from y'all. Um, one one other fucking thing I wanted to kind of jump on, and, and you had mentioned Odegaard. And I think that um, front three, that floating front three of Sokka, Odegaard, and uh, Emile Smith-Rowe behind their center striker of either Laka or Aubameyang, is one of just the coolest youngster trios in the fucking Prem right now. And Martin Odegaard, I mean, if you want to believe his uh, agent, uh, Mino Raiola, whatever the fuck that douche's name is. Fuck that guy. Yeah, I hate him so much. He's a piece of shit. (laughs) Um, But he said that Odegaard already wants to stay at Arsenal some more. Apparently Arteta and the Arsenal program have, have really made him fall in love with soccer again. And that he's already reached out to the Real Madrid representatives, trying to stay at Arsenal again next season. And apparently, it's up to Zinedine Zidane at the end of the fucking day whether he can stay or leave. But dude, if if you all got Odegaard once again, I think that's a smart fucking buy for Arsenal that that you know will pay dividends in five years from now, seven well, years. from Well, Bale is
0: going back to Madrid uh, according to reports today. Is so he? Is he- um yeah
1: it's oh my god did you see this he's story Definitely not playing no
0: <laughs> he's um, definitely
1: not playing for real he essentially is.
0: i don't have the quote in front of me right now i could pull it up but uh i posted it on our instagram page uh from sky sports but essentially he said he pretty much went to tottenham to get fit and use their facility so he essentially went to tottenham on loan to like for a gym membership <laughs> so are you, you serious you
1: go to fucking planet fitness yeah Oh, my God. So That's we kind of comp- fucked up. Fuck Gareth Bale. I was I hated him when he came <laughs> into the league. Um, not not for way Spurs back when, when he came back into the league. And then for a good month-long period, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. OG Bale is back. Okay, now I got the. I'm off. I got the quote. You want to hear it? Yeah, let's hear what douchebag Bale has to say.
0: Oh, my God. Uh, he says, Gareth Bale, Welsh legend. Uh, I came to Spurs to play football, but into the Euros I wanted to be match fit. The original plan was only to do a season at Spurs, and then after the Euros, I still haven't a year left at Madrid. Go, uh, at, so I still have a year left at Madrid. So my plan is to go back. So essentially, he just came here to get fit for the Euros. <laughs> what the fuck,
1: dude? That's a little. That's a little bit of a sheisty move, but at the and same time, like brilliant fucking move. Also, how does Tottenham have a better training fucking ground than uh, Real Madrid? There's no way that's true. I refuse to believe I, that.
0: I don't know. Maybe he was just tired of people whistling
1: at the <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's probably it. Speaking oh. of training grounds, Kevin, have you seen oh. Leicester City's training ground? Oh, oh I, did, I didn't kisses. want to be the one to bring it up. Oh, I will all day. That's beautiful. Well,
0: well, you know where they got that money to build that, right? I don't give
1: a shit where they got that money. (laughs) (laughs) Some
0: fridge. They they
1: sold a fridge. They sold uh, some fucking slab of concrete.
0: (laughs) Oh, Harry Maguire, who, you know, Harry Maguire, man, he's he's good. I think Harry Maguire is good. He gets too much shit because of the price tag, which he did not make the fucking soccer economy made that happen because of the transfer. So I don't he didn't go up and be like, yeah, I'm worth 80 million. It's what someone paid for him. So Manchester blame United. We blame have
1: a history of overpaying. It's uh, not Harry's fault. Blame the Glazers. I don't know what to tell you. Um I'm not even a fan of Harry Maguire, and I, I i still think he gets way too much slack uh than he deserves. Like if we're talking about perfect world, I still think uh Victor Lindelof and Eric Boss should be uh our center backs, but it's not a perfect world, but Fucking Maguire is still good, so fucking get off his back, guys. Jeez, leave the man alone. Leave the fridge alone. Yeah,
0: you, the fridge has been left open for too long. Everything's ruined inside. Uh, close the door. God, were you were you raised in a barn? <laughs> now, um, my shitty joke aside, uh, I don't really have anything else about the West Ham Arsenal game. Uh, I know that kind of just helps everybody else in the top four race. Um... I know Chelsea fans yeah. are rooting for us. Uh, I mean, Man U, you, you're pretty much done. You're pretty much good for the top four now. No, uh, watches, us.
1: watches, us, Kevin. Like that. That based on everything, that's how Manchester United is going to finish out the year. Just boy. lose to West Brom on the final day to get fifth place.
0: Well, let's see. I mean, you're sitting at 57 points uh, in second. Leicester's in third with 56, and then Chelsea's in fourth with 51. So really that's close. Yeah, so really that fourth spot's really tasty because right behind Chelsea, who has 51, West Ham has 49, which if they would have beat Arsenal, they would have hopped up. Uh, Tottenham with 48, uh, Liverpool with 46 uh, in seventh, Everton in eighth with 46, and Arsenal in ninth with 42. So,
1: Dude, I'm uh, going to say this again. If Manchester City never got oil money, this would be an amazing title race. Like, fuck them for being so good and 11 points uh, ahead of Manchester United. Because from first to, to Arsenal is separated by 15 points. I think I did that math right. And that's fucking awesome. That's what I want to see in soccer. Uh, I don't want to see Manchester United run away with this shit.
0: I, I got really bad news. I was, re- I was uh, what's it called? And I hate to do this because then I end up, like, quoting them or talking, like, not trying to, like, not take their points. But I was listening to the kickoff, which is, like, that British, like, YouTube channel and they brought up how harry kane might be heading to man city and that's a really good possibility Ooh.
1: god damn it i almost fucking vomited
0: dude oh, i know no. right. cuz he cuz apparently he wants trophies and where's the best place he's guaranteed to win a trophy is man city and he would work really well in that system he needs in it and, yeah and he would be he you know i can't imagine maybe real madrid would be the other option but um
1: I don't know if Real Madrid is too hot on the Spurs right now. With Gareth Bale uh, fucking well, actually, fucking Bale, off to use a And also
0: session. Bale probably got into Kane's ear, like, yeah, don't fucking go there. They're horrible to you. Yeah. Yeah. Bale's that, like That's definitely But then true. again, but then again, Bale uh, Kane's like, yeah, shut up. You won four Champions League there. Like <laughs> Trophies, motherfucker. Trophies. Hot. Um PSG. Which one would you Poch rather again? see? Hmm? huh. I'm I'm just saying PSG, go to go to Potch. They need a striker.
1: I think he's gotten better under Mourinho. He's improved more under Mourinho than he ever improved his under. His
0: passing, his his distribution has been better. His all
1: around play, think- not like like we've always known Harry Kane as the finisher, the shooter, the scorer from any position anywhere on the pitch. But but Pochettino was never able to unlock this side of Harry Kane, and I think this is the most dangerous side of Harry Kane. Because if you, you have a true fucking striker who can pass the ball on a motherfucking dime and score from anywhere on the pitch, you do not have Ronaldo. You do not have Messi. You have Lewandowski. And I think Harry Kane is is most similar to uh, Lewandowski. And Lewandowski, as he has progressed um, at Bayern, has put more of a focus on his passing and, and assists. And granted, yes, he has 40 fucking goals in the Bundesliga this year. But still oh, 35, because 35, he might pass. Sorry. He
0: might. No, no, no. I'm just saying that's important because your Mueller, uh, his record is 40. So a lot of people are asking. And I think one of our fan questions, not the spoil. I will say who asked it. But someone asked us, will he pass um, Mueller's record this year? Uh, because I think the
1: record's 40. And I'm going to say yes, dude. I saw this. Uh, it was a like Instagram kind of thing. And it charted. Lewandowski's versus Jordan uh, Muller's uh, goal scoring per season um, for all the years that they were uh, playing professional soccer. And every single year so far, Lewandowski has outscored Jordan Muller um, every single fucking season. And the craziest thing about uh, Jordan is that for his final six seasons, he scored like 35 goals a season, 36 goals a season, 40 goals a season, 38 goals a season. So this man, this old German RIP, um, literally just progressed like fine wine. And I think Lewandowski is on track to do so. So without answering that question or naming any names, uh, I think so.
0: Yeah, I, I'm i going to say hot take yes. And he's going to finally get the Bullen that he he deserves. deserves
1: it. Yes, he deserved he, it last year, and Kev, if we're being honest, he deserves it again this year. Give him two. Give him two. Why don't you?
0: Honestly, like uh, if he wins, if they win back to back Champions League, then and he doesn't win it, I'll literally. I don't. I'll. I don't know. I'll do blackface. I don't know. I'll do something horrible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I will cancel Fuck myself. <laughs> I will do something so hard. I'm just kidding. kidding, Kevin's gonna commit. <laughs> Harry Carey, Sapuku. It's, uh, Honor Super, kill Subaru, I am Subaru, RuPaul. Yes. All right. Well, I think we should just finish this off. We have tons of fan questions. I have a very long one from a longtime friend of the show, Brock uh, mm. Martin. So I want to start off with that fan question um, and then move through all the other ones. But his is very long and it was very well. He's he's been meeting me, wanting me to do this for weeks. But when we get to the end of an episode, it's like 50th minute, and I'm like, this is going to take some time to discuss. So. Um, are you ready?
1: I am ready. Lay it on me, Brock.
0: All right, Brock. Thank you so much for the question. He says, soccer is currently fourth in the list of most watched sports in the U.S., according to Wikipedia. Every sport higher on the list has the following in common. One, invented in the USA. Two, a closed-loop ownership model. No, mm-hmm. no pro, no relegation. Mm-hmm. Three, frequent starting and stopping <laughs> clock or field. These things combined mean that you don't need to teach Americans anything. Educating an audience is more expensive than signing a new one. There is no risk of investment loss. There is a minimum revenue each team can receive from the league, no matter your performance. Expansion of the league is frowned upon to keep profit high by keeping the number of teams to split with as low as possible. Lastly, the monetization of the game. Constant starts and stops make it super easy to air uh, commercials, ads mid-game. Americans already love an underdog, but also love dynasty. They love high paying agents, uh, giants, small teams pulling out a win by the skin of their teeth. U.S. fans are committed to their teams. They follow them for away games. They sit through draws, long seasons and drafts. They shouldn't be. They should be in love with the beautiful game by all accounts. Yet they are not. This isn't accounting for soccer talent being robbed for football or basketball. The pressure of soccer being primarily thought of as a girl's sport. A generational gap of people not growing up playing slash watching soccer. A current system that's already exploitative of the lower income talent. Is soccer being held back in the U.S. by big sports business? Or does it just lend itself so easily to the U.S.? Or does it just not lend itself so easily to the U.S. market?
1: Whew. Damn, Damn. dude. That's a so, fucking so awesome essay. Awesome. Yep.
0: Brock, please uh, do a dissertation on that. I need some soccer-nomics on this. Um, Wow. Honestly, all, if
1: you could just that, text me that question, Brock, so I can just have it on my phone whenever I feel existential so I can just read that shit. That was fucking <laughs> great. That was uh, awesome, dude.
0: Yeah. So, there's a lot to unpack there, and I think it's been the l- ongoing, you know, watchman question and the philosophical question, why isn't if soccer is the biggest sport in the world, why isn't it the biggest sport in the USA?
1: Um I, So, there's this There's this fucking, uh, theory about that, which I, I, I find incredibly fucking interesting. Um, and it's just the moment in time it was introduced. Uh, and if you look at England, you look at fucking Africa, you look at Italy, you look at fucking France, Germany, fucking Netherlands, Poland, where have you, and you look at all the, um, teams that have played in those leagues for for about a century now. Manchester United was founded in 1878. Um, I know Arsenal was founded in like 1903 or something like that. And so you got to fucking take into account that these teams have had the ability to grow without fucking social media, to grow without fucking a, a spotlight uh, shown upon them. So if you, if you fucking think about it, 70 years of fucking growth, of slow growth, of gathering fans of uh, from generation to generation to generation. And soccer was just introduced in its professional form, uh, kind of like we know it today in the 80s in, in uh, the MOS. And so you just got to fucking think, uh, Europe, fucking South America, Africa, Asia, <clears throat> they have all had a huge head start on those. And then, and then you kind of fucking jump to, uh, the the notion that we hold of soccer here. I mean, I I remember so many times growing up being called a grass fairy for playing soccer. I I remember fucking like wondering, am I am I a fucking pussy for playing soccer? So there is there was I would say because I don't think that stigma is here anymore. But there was no, certainly a stigma I, in the. I I still think
0: that I at least I see it on like social media on TikTok and stuff like that. The over uh muchismo of like american american on that (laughs) yeah you're not on social media but it's like i've seen the one where it's like oh this is what happens when a football player stubs his toe and he goes oh and then the next the next one's a soccer player and he's like ah and he dives you know (laughs) Um,
1: but that's but that's a great point and that definitely fucking stimmies any type of uh growth especially from a youth level um for soccer to grow and and for it to become a number one fucking sport but Kev, the the crazy fucking thing, and me and my brother were talking about this last week. I remember back in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, when we used to watch uh, soccer on on this one dedicated channel for soccer. It was called Fox Soccer Channel. The B's motherfucking knees. Uh, Serie A, La Liga, League Um, Bundesliga, EPL. Everything was on this fucking channel. And I remember talking back in two thousand eight. Like I said, our fear. For when it becomes Americanized. Our fear for when soccer becomes Americanized. Um, Because at the same time. Of course we watch football. Basketball. Baseball. All that shit. And you see with every stoppage in the game. They shove a commercial in your face. Whether it's a 15 second stoppage. Or a minute and a half stoppage. They're going to fucking break for a commercial. And so for the longest time. I thought once America got a hold of soccer. Like it does now. That they would commercialize the ever-living piss out of it. And granted, they have done that by putting paywalls up to watch any type of fucking soccer. But I do not think the American commercialized view of soccer is worth fucking seeing out. I, And this sounds absolutely fucking awful, Kevin. But I will stand by this statement. I do not want Americans to be fans fans of soccer. Like, (laughs) straight up. Y'all ruin shit.
0: Okay, I well, America ruins things too, uh, like you know the Middle East and South America. But mm-hmm. what I, what I'm trying to say is, um, I I get what you're saying, um, because you know I, I feel as though, I, I, but we can't be gatekeepers to like liking things like that. You know, like we can't sit I think here. We've
1: watched, like Kev, you and I have watched no. soccer for more than a decade at this point. We can certainly be de- uh, decade keepers, gatekeepers. We, we could be bouncers of the no, soccer I,
0: community. I, Fuck. No, 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 no. I, I think the beautiful game needs to be shared. And I think. No, but it I, doesn't. I, no, Mark.
1: No. I
0: knew we'd go back and forth on this. But if it's taught right, I think your your thought is that they, you want more fans like us and the people that we know who are passionate about it in the right ways. Because soccer can't be taught. Like, I think what Brock was going on about. How. It, uh, about like American, other American sports. It took time for us. It took years of research, learning, um, players, customs, songs, um, fan bases and stuff like that uh, because, um, you know, that's not in our culture. I feel as though it's the same way that we'd have to approach it when growing the game here. It's not going to be done in a day and people are going to take shortcuts and make it more Americanized and stuff like that. Uh, but I think there's a way where, you know, we can have a. It can soccer can be Americanized here, um, and not be exploitative and you know not be lame. I that's the last thing I want, Martin. I think you're trying to say he's like I don't want this because they're gonna take the thing I love and make it lame.
1: Pretty much, and and I think that's a an excellent point, um, because what, and and this is my old Contengor ass fucking speaking. So take this with a grain of salt. But um, when when I fucking think of soccer, I automatically think of the epl i automatically think of europe and the push in america is to automatically think of the mos and i'll i'll be gosh darn honest with all of y'all the last time i saw an mos game was when kevin and i were big j journalists at a philadelphia union game and i think (laughs) that there is going to be a huge growth in in soccer fans in america uh, just because that's kind of the way the statistics are pointing and all the fucking information is pointing. But I do not think that the soccer in America is going to be focused on the MOS. It is going to be a international soccer. And I, I just do not see the MOS in the next 10, 15 years overtaking a single um, big, quote-unquote, like Brock called it, big sports company, whether it's the NFL, NBA, um, or MOS. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, what's the fucking baseball? MLB. Um, I just don't see them over, overtaking any of those already established leagues. But I do see the Prem becoming the most fucking watched thing in the United States. I do see La Liga becoming the most watched thing in the United States. So I, I think that there has to be a distinction made between MOS and actual fucking soccer, as as awful as that sounds
0: right i and i don't understand like you know i i understand the marketing point where like investors don't want to invest too much in mls because they can't run their ads but i mean like the players are essentially nascar drivers wearing three different sponsors Mm -hmm. on their on like you know have like everton wearing angry birds on their sleeves still right like i don't understand uh from the marketing standpoint, you can still sell jury jerseys. You can still sell so many different things uh, in terms of kits and merchandising and whatnot yeah. and ticket ticket sales. Um, I don't know. It's also, they make their stadium so tiny, mm-hmm. uh, like like the union stadium. And that was uh, I, I, Philadelphia is a bad example because they put the stadium in fucking Chester, which no, this is no disrespect to Chester. It's not Philadelphia. That's in Delco,
1: but it was also like dumb. It's 30 like, minutes away. It's, I mean, you have to take an Uber. You have to literally plan out your fucking night. Like, if Kevin and I went to an Eagles game or a Sixers game, we'd take a 15-minute Uber, we'd take the subway, and we were there. Uh, Sixers, Flyers, um, and the Eagles and the Phillies were all in the same location. You have to drive 30 minutes to get to the stadium to watch the Union. And and that really does fucking suck. Like, if, if we're being totally honest, that is not a great way to build a a core base of supporters, especially if you're calling yourself Philadelphia union. And it's, it's a damn shame because every single union game I went to was an absolute blast. Was the quality of play as high as I'd like it to be? No, but the atmosphere, the people who are engaged uh, with soccer here in America are fucking phenomenal. Like legitimately, it, it was, it was a blast to fucking root for an American team. And if, if that joy of that, you know, kind of um, celebration can be passed down a couple generations from now. Goddamn right, you're going to have a big soccer family in the United States, but we're too young at this point. And the only way I see uh, soccer becoming the number one uh, watched sport in America is if they watch the Prem or if they watch La Liga International Soccer, at least for the next right. 20 years. But,
0: but, but I, I think a point that we haven't brought up now. Is a lot of families in America look to sports as a way out, as a way mm-hmm. they make that if they make that big money. It's a way, it's a lot of uplifting families out of poverty or giving them new, you know, bigger setting themselves up for life. I think a good example is now when we look at the big contracts that Christian Pulisic, Weston McKinney, uh, Sergio Dest, and now I, I mean Dest hasn't gotten signed yet, but like hasn't gotten the big deal. What I'm saying is you're now seeing big American players playing on big international uh european teams in the spotlight i feel like a lot of families now are going to be like uh especially with the health risks that are with football and other sports Mm -hmm. um i feel as though that's another thing that we're not talking about being like oh the american uh you know especially in the bundesliga as well where a lot of these uh teams will be like oh yeah we'll pay for his flight he'll be in the academy like we'll take care of him he'll learn a bunch of languages if you're a parent like it's that or crack your fucking skull playing football. And again, I love football. I'm a big Philadelphia Eagle fan. But if my kid is like, oh, he can go to an academy at Dortmund or at Chelsea, go over there, learn languages, be an international, just like have his own study abroad, and he could become a multimillionaire getting paid hundreds of thousands a week. Yeah, I think that sounds pretty, pretty fucking cool and awesome and like a great opportunity.
1: That's a, that's a phenomenal point. And, and to just piggyback off that, I mean, if you think of the grand scheme of things, Right now, there is probably, probably about 15 to 20 uh, U.S. players that are playing on, on recognizable teams right now um, internationally. Think about that number in about five years. Think about that number in about 10 years, because it wasn't long ago when Christian Pulisic surged onto the scene. I mean, Sergio Dest really came onto the scene last year. Uh, Weston McKinney, I don't think anybody in their fucking right mind thought Juventus would Number one, start him in Champions League games or number two, actually take him from uh, Schalke and sign him for a long term contract with the idea that he's going to be a key part of this team. So if you look at the growth these uh, U.S. players have made internationally over the past five years, uh, you can't help but get excited when you look 10 years into the future, 15 years into the future. Because one thing that is great about not having a history of soccer is we can make our fucking own real fucking quick. I mean, the second Christian Pulisic got into uh, Borussia Dortmund's starting squad, I mean, fuck. He was the American dream. He was the bee's fucking knees. He American. was awesome. And, and I mean, I'm not a kid anymore. You ain't a kid anymore. But you got to think there has to be a good proportion of kids out there that see Christian Pulisic right now and be like, oh, fuck. That's who I want to be. Oh, fuck, I want to be Sergio Dest. Oh, fuck, I want to be Weston McKinney. And those are literally just three examples on the three biggest teams uh, where America is right now. Um, so imagine that in 10 years when there's 50 fucking Americans just rocking the shit internationally. And that's what gives me the most hopes, uh, hope um, for, for soccer's future, because it is an ever-grown fucking game. And if... <clears throat> America can really put a foot in the door and, and secure their position as a damn good country to come from in terms of soccer (laughs) that enhances everything else in America that enhances the fan viewership that enhances our um, national team play that enhances the um, commercial opportunities uh, available to teams. So I, I, I think that it, you know, to circle way the fuck back around, it just takes time. Like, like I said, in the get go, uh europe has had a hundred years to develop this fandom america's had 30 so fuck give us time give us opportunity give us fucking um you know availability and we will rock that shit so i i think time is key here to heightening america's interest and america's fucking influence on soccer
0: yeah and i i do think too that like big celebrities, especially in athletes like LeBron James investing in Liverpool, uh, Kevin Durant investing in the Philadelphia Union. Uh, a lot of the investments going into the women's professional league. Um, obviously, the U.S. women's national team is a massive influence, uh, and their success has been absolutely phenomenal uh, for helping grow you know Amer- uh, American soccer. So, yeah, I mean, there's a couple it goes back to the grassroots. It goes, it it goes from up top down to the bottom. It isn't like just solved at one of these things and it's going to continue to grow. Um, But yeah, I, I really do see like, since me and Martin started this pod, it has been crazy to see how much soccer has, has changed Mm -hmm. in terms of people putting out content, what people, what celebrities and people have gotten into it. It's been wild. Like if you told me when we started this that LeBron James would be an owner in Liverpool, I'd be like, I felt like most people wouldn't even know who the fuck Liverpool was. Like, yeah. like guys like guys like that would be like, you know, I could give a fuck about some English
1: soccer team. I, I think that's a goddamn great point, because I, w- I was thinking about this the other day when Kevin and I first started this. Um, literally on on the Twitterverse, there were not a lot of podcasts. There were not a lot of Americans really enthused about the Premier League. There was not a lot of fucking um I don't want to call it support because it ain't that, but there was not a lot of fucking buzz. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of buzz around it. And, and like, um, to this sounds selfish as shit, but, um, for a period of time, Kevin and I felt, uh, like we were kind of, uh, out, out in the fucking soccer world alone. And over the fucking past four years, I mean, it's crazy. The amount of people that we've connected with, talked to seen, met up with, Um, That drank with. Yeah. Drank with fucking partied with. I mean, dude, I still have videos saved on my phone from the Manchester uh, pub in in Philadelphia. Like that legitimately was some of my favorite memories watching soccer. I mean, to this day, I will never fucking forget stumbling out of a pub with you and and just just feeling that fucking sunlight after a eight o'clock game. And it's, it's just those experiences and, and just again and again of that shit. It, it really does build the fandom. And, you know, in, in our two years in Philly, like the Manchester pub was getting more and more fucking packed. The Arsenal club uh, pub was getting more and more fucking packed. And and so I don't think there's a doubt in my mind that um, popularity and, and enthusiasm has increased and will continue to increase for soccer um in in america but uh, it's it's just a waiting <laughs> game dude
0: oh martin i no i i i think you're entirely right um on that that it's truly just it's 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 not it's a slow burn but a good slow burn uh it's like the irishman by martin scorsese once you get to the end you're like oh that was worth it um i
1: still need to watch that and i've been fucking motivated myself enough to watch it because i i know it's a slow burn and i, uh, I need a fast burn
0: I know that's like Zack Snyder's Justice League. I want to watch that, but that's also four <sighs> hours long. Yeah, I, I'm not I can't. It. <laughs> I know. I don't even like DC that much. But um, I remember I was,
1: watching that in theaters and just being horribly disappointed and vowing never to watch another DC fucking movie. But apparently,
0: again. this one's really good and it, it fixes everything. But it's four Dude, hours Batman long, and I'm like, Superman
1: uh, ruined everything. Ah, uh, uh, that was so. I remember bad. seeing that with you and Ty, uh, and uh, I, all the hype going into it and just how fucked it was. Martha! It's her mother? Martha. Yeah, Martha. Oh, yeah. God.
0: Are you fucking joking? But apparently this one's really good. But just a quick sidetrack, I remember one time, Martin, uh, speaking about getting drunk at like 8am for a Man U match, I remember I went with you to the pub and I was supposed to meet this girl I was seeing's parents later oh. that day. <laughs> oh, man. And this is really fucked was up. Was that but, free? Like, uh no 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 that wasn't b this was uh melissa remember her mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah and i was like no what's another pint and i think we drank like four or five tall <laughs> dude Car- I, think I, re- I think i
1: vividly remember that because yeah. we uh, parted ways after that and i was on a motorcycle and i made the judgment not to drive that we were we were pretty fucked up
0: yeah and i was going to meet like for like an early dinner to meet my yeah. parents uh. And that was not good. Don't do that. I was like, oh, you, also brought, I... you also brought.
1: You uh, also brought one of your girlfriends to the pub too, and she was absolutely horrified. By the way, uh,
0: right? Yeah, that was that was old Kevin. I was like early twenties. I'm 26 now. I have <laughs> I have grown. I have Cuke. matured. Um, I am. Is it's 26, late 20s, or still mid?
1: I'd say mid. I, okay, cool. I think I'm over the line. I think you're still in mid. Oh, thank God. OK. All
0: right. Well, this that was a really long talk for one questions and we have a ton of other ones. So we're kind of breeze through these other ones real quick.
1: Rapid fire, uh, baby.
0: OK, uh, so, Brock, thank you for your question. I'm sorry to the other guys. Uh, we kind of got sidetracked, but we're going to do our best to answer all of these uh, sufficiently and not ignore anybody. So next question comes from Pat Bailey Dat. He says, who is currently the best manager? That is just the question. There's no league, no anything. Just who is the best manager right now? Um, I got it. You got one. I mean, it's just it, for me, it's easy just to say Pep, but. I was going to say Hansi Flick. Bar that me was like my second. It was, it was like one A, one B. Like, yeah, it's hard to like look at those two and be like, yeah, they're. I mean, who's OK? So let's
1: t- put those two aside. Who? All right. who, would, who would be like third? Red Bull Leipzig is uh coach. He's super young. Manchester United was looking at bringing him in before they brought Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in. Red Bull Leipzig Leipzig's. leipzig How do you say the plural or the possession of Leipzigs? Leipzig? Leipzig's. Leipzig's. Leipzig's coach. I can't remember his name off the damn top of my head because I got a stupid top of the head. But his coach is damn good. And he's taking that team. Granted, there is oil money involved. So take that as you will. But he's taking that team to like real deal title contenders, quasi uh title contenders. They are playing Byron.
0: Um I guess also Brendan Rogers.
1: Brendan Rogers, that's a good that's shout. A hot take. Um, I
0: think it's a good take. I think Brendan Rogers has done phenomenal this year. Uh Thomas Tuchel.
1: No. He's trash. Come on,
0: dude. Un- undefeated. He
1: plays in the boring prim. ass football. Tie boy. Uh Beat Atletico. Yeah, Atletico's easy to beat. They just no, play they're defense. not. Stop. If you're uh, if you play in the Prem, they're easy to beat. La Liga's a step um, down.
0: Yeah, I mean, Oof. La Liga's a joke. Oof. Uh, Oof. I mean, we still have... We haven't even talked about Poch, Zidane. Uh, I mean, Ronald Koeman's on a tear right now. I'm not putting him in the conversation, but Barcelona's been looking better. Um, trying to think Antonio Conte. We haven't mentioned him.
1: Mm, yeah, he's done great for Inter Milan. Uh, we're not going to mention Pirlo. Nope. Uh, thoughts and thoughts and prayers for Pirlo. Uh,
0: Frank, the Italian Frank Lampard. Ooh, um,
1: damn, that's a good fucking comparison. Uh, yeah, that's perfect. Club legend who's fucking up his club. Um. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least, fucking uh, Pirlo's OG club is Ace Milan, so it might be a bit of an inside trading job.
0: Um... Yeah, so those are the best managers. Uh, <laughs> uh, Rudy Tyler says, how will the Champions League play out and who are the favorites for Holland? Um,
1: for for I w- Holland? Oh, yeah, for, for Berlin, not, the, Holland. not the country.
0: <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. That's a different question all entirely. Um, how will the Champions League play out? I mean, I think Man City are still the favorites. I don't know. It's it's hard for me not to think just because of it's Man City in the Champions League and I think every year pep will just outthink pep like pep's biggest enemy in the champions league is himself Mm -hmm. um because with the talent on that squad uh i think it's just it it just feels inevitable with man city at this point um but i mean it's hard for me not to say that it's going to be Bayern munich who kind of clinches this but i am very excited for liverpool real madrid electric boogaloo rematch um Chelsea-Porto. I think Porto has a good chance of upsetting uh, Chelsea. I think that would be a fun match. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's hard for me not to say. Oh, and then Bayern plays PSG, right? So that's going to be yeah. very exciting.
1: Yeah, and I I, I really think that Bayern Munich is the best team in the world. I've actually been watching a, a little bit of Bundesliga this year. And just watching them play, I mean, it's, it's horrifying. It's terrifying. It's fucking Bayern Munich soccer. Between Golski, Thomas M- Mueller, fucking uh, Leroy Sane, Kingsley Coman, uh, they're they're just too good, and they are uh-huh. so well fucking disciplined, and they kind of like City, they have that perfect mix of old and new, coming in, coming out, and so I I I do I genuinely do want to see City versus Bayern. Um, just before the final i would love to see a semifinal of city versus byron because whoever wins that probably deserves to win the league
0: oh i saw something uh who's the bald guy uh who's like a soccer commentator guy he's on twitter we follow him on twitter grant wall yeah did you see sam's army uh call him out the other day and he had like a it was like it was like a stupid take (laughs) that grant wall had (laughs) He, Grant Wall was just was essentially saying, like, why isn't the Champions League rigged? His tweet was something along the lines of, like, I can't believe that they would schedule it. So Man City and Bayern wouldn't meet in the final, but would only meet in a semifinal. And it was like, what, what? dude? Do it's you a want Random it? draw. You like, can you criticize the random break? draw. Like what? <laughs> I it was like it was a bad he deleted the tweet. Um, oh, but, did he? <laughs> yeah, because I think he, I think in his head, he was probably thinking, it's like one of those dumb tweets you think in your head, like, oh yeah, like people are going to agree with me. Like, you know, there's no, everyone around me saying this is good. I've always had yes men <laughs> around me. And then he tweets <laughs> it and goes, like, nah, that was fucking stupid.
1: <laughs> oh, fuck. Am I stupid? <laughs> am I the baddie? Yeah. I, um, are we the baddies?
0: Oh, oh. And then second part, uh, who will get Holland? Um, I'm still thinking Kane is going to go to city in my head cannon. And I think Holland stays at dormant for at least another year, if not two, um, because I think he'll still develop in a ceiling so high that like, I think other clubs are going to look for a surefire thing, like for the immediate like success. Um, not that Holland wouldn't be that, but um, I think he at least stays another year. Um, at a uh, dorman So, because I think they're Sancho is going to leave this summer. So I think they can't get rid of both.
1: Um, I I think that if he does go anywhere, it's going to be Chelsea, and that's solely based on the fact that Abramovich has apparently told Tuchel that if he oh fucking PBR kill me um that if uh Tuchel's Chelsea qualifies for. Champions League, then he will pull out all these stops to get Holland. I think Holland is probably going to go to Chelsea, but then again, Holland came out and said he wants to go to a big club, and Chelsea is not a big club. So, who the fuck knows? I, I, I got to take the opposite route. I do not see him. Holland staying. said Chelsea's not a big club. Yeah, I, I fucking guess so. He, his words. Not what? Mine. His
0: Dude, words not mine. This,
1: Holland has a weird
0: attitude, man. I didn't mean I to like call him. this out. Of course, he has a Ronaldo kind of attitude and I which is good because he plays exactly like Ronaldo. Um, But the other day, like he stormed off after scoring a brace or something and Mm -hmm. like he kind of has this like, I don't know, maybe because he's young and he's just frustrated because he wants to win. He's always won his whole life. Um, But I don't know, man. Seems like he has a fucking attitude problem.
1: I'm okay. I'm okay with an attitude problem if it is um, focused on winning like like, I don't think anybody in their right mind can say Roy Keane did not have an attitude problem. But that attitude problem helped his team. Same thing with uh, Patrick Vieira. Same thing with uh, Nemanja Vidic. Uh, same thing with well, Bollock. Same thing with John Terry. There there are phenomenal fucking players with attitude problems. And, you know, the game that he stormed off, it was a 2-2 draw with some shit fucking team in the Bundesliga. And he scored both goals. So, you know, if if I was a player of Holland's uh, caliber, I'd be pissed the fuck off, too. I scored two goals, and I still fucking drew. And I, I think that's a great mentality for a young player. And and in all honesty, I, I think, like you said, the sky's the limit for Holland. But I do not see him staying at uh, Bruce Dortmund solely because of the buyout clause uh, stuck into his contract.
0: Oh, yeah. And if you're, like... Abramovich or Man City, who like you, literally can just write blank checks. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I just think my difference with like Holland's attitude compared to like Keen or you know the guys we idolize because their attitudes kind of shaped like a mentality it was that it felt it felt like Holland was more whiny, like a like a babyish kind of attitude, mm-hmm. where was more mm-hmm. like when I didn't get my way, instead of Keen being like, let me pull myself up by my bootstraps kind of guy. You know what I mean? That that was my kind of little critique but then again like i don't watch it. i'm sure a bunch of bundesliga people and dortmund fans are gonna be like up my fucking ass about this but i don't know i just, <laughs> I, just I uh anyway let's talk more Bundesliga. out colt soon says will lenodowski break uh jordan mueller's single season scoring a record of 40 goals
1: yes, yes. <laughs> we kind of touched on it earlier um but i mean i think I mean, shoot, there's like six more games in the Bundesliga. He has to score five goals. I think he's averaging a goal and a half a game so far. Um, So unless he drops off a cliff, which he has never done in seasons prior or in his entire career, I think he's certainly going to break that 40 goal mark. But I think the more interesting question is, is he going to be able to keep this up? For another four years, because that's exactly what Jordan uh, Mueller did. He was able to play until 36 and still score just 40 goals, 38 goals, 36 goals. And and to be fair, Golski has done that in his career um, quite consistently. But it's going to be very interesting to see once he is the age of Ronaldo, of Messi, if he can keep up that talismanic. Ask, uh, you know, atmosphere at Bayern Munich.
0: (laughs) Imagine he keeps doing it like his lot and he's 39. He's just still bagging goal. I mean, like I I could see that for his career. If he stays healthy, like just poach, be in the box and just he just fucking slots it in the back of the net. I could see it. He's a he's a really fit dude, man. I the the way that soccer players are just staying just in their prime for way too long is Mm -hmm. on. It's awesome to see because then we get to enjoy them longer. But like it's like just even 10 years ago. Like, I mean, what? I mean, Wayne Rooney only played on Man Util. He was like, what, 33? Yeah. And And then he left Everton.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is a kind of weird fucking point to bring up. But I think that that is kind of happening in all sports right now. I mean, you look at Fletcher fucking Cox. You go to fucking hockey. You look at, um, I, I know he just had fucking heart surgery. But Henrik Lundqvist, you go to Braden Holtby. Athletes are improving LeBron. immensely. Yeah, LeBron. So I there, there's, you know, two parts to every story. And so, yeah, we get to fucking watch them more. We get to see them more. But at the same time, at some point, that has to hamper the development of squads searching for the next move. I mean, if you have a uh, talismanic-like player, say Cristiano stayed at uh, Real Madrid, uh, Karim Benzema certainly would not have this just incredible form that he's having right now. Vinicius Jr. would never have even fucking made it to fucking real Madrid. So I, th- I think that there's, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. We get to see them more, but they do not allow for the opportunity to new players, uh, come on to this fucking team. Mm.
0: Uh, I just want to get to the next question. Sorry, Martin, but I think you're absolutely right. Like it just, does it hamper if you keep on to someone too long, even though their form is <laughs> maybe, maybe 80% of what they used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Next question comes from King Nito ten nineteen. He says, "If you're Arsenal, how much money are you throwing at Madrid for uh, Martin Odegaard? Uh, if you forty, can... forty sounds reasonable. But if he keeps playing so well, they're probably going to make us pay fifty.
1: Probably, I'd pay fifty though. I mean, Donny Beek cost forty million dollars to sit on the bench. I'd pay oh, fifty.
0: That poor kid. I yeah, so fucking
1: Donny Van de Sad."
0: Um, King need to also ask, what are some of your champions league or Europa league matchups? You're excited to see. Uh, I think obviously Bayern PSG, uh, but I'm really excited for Liverpool, Real Madrid rematch. Cause I honestly mm-hmm. don't, I honestly don't know who's going to win that. I know you're probably going to pick Real Madrid, but like, honestly, if Liverpool gets healthy, I can see this match going either way. I think it's gonna be really exciting.
1: Yeah, I do too. And I already see uh, Liverpool fans on on Twitter saying, This is the revenge game for Sergio Ramos and Mo Salah. We're going to avenge Mo Salah. (laughs) So I am so fucking excited for this game. I want to see Real Madrid just fucking beat the piss out of Jurgen Klopp. And he just (laughs) gets crying hugs. Like in all uh, honesty, that that is also I kind of feel like a
0: dick for. when we weren't mentioning best manager in the world. You're in Klopp is still a top class manager. Nah, he's no, just, he's not He's still he's just haven't, you know. But like what happened at Dortmund, like what's kinda happened now, teams are kinda getting worn out by him. So um let's go to Duncan dude. He says, Is there more to come from Warner, uh, Ziek and Havertz? Uh I think so. I mean Havertz is what, like only twenty one? Uh they're all young. Warner, they're all, they're super, all young. super young. But the thing is like Abramovich hates young. Like, mm-hmm. he, he wants results now. That's why he'll go out and get Drogba, who didn't enter his prime till he was almost in his 30s. You know, like, it's it's crazy. Uh, you know, I feel as though if you're a Chelsea fan, you're in a weird point where, like, if you get Holland and maybe one other place, you're, like, right there, but your team is still so young. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they're also, like Man U, maybe a transfer window away from uh, going after the title against Man City. And I think Liverpool re- will rebound next year, hopefully uh for liverpool fans anyway but um i think chelsea's in a really weird spot where they're young but also very good but if they get one more piece could that put them over the edge they're in a very but if you're a chelsea fan i think it's very exciting
1: yeah i'm i'm in the same boat as you i i just think that that they the only negative thing that you can say about them outside of their performances yes timo werner can't finish a ball yes um hakeem zayek and uh fucking what's his fucking tall german um kai havertz yes kai havertz have not performed to to the gold standard that they were purchased at um i, I think the only negative thing that you can say about them um in regards to how they were perform under tuchels chelsea is they were all purchased by a previous manager and Roman Abramovich has that that ability to immediately sell um, dead waste and immediately replenish his current manager with whatever the fuck he wants. So I think at the end of the day, it's going to depend on whether Tuchel wants them and believes they fit into his tactics and squad. And so far, like two two Tuchel's credit called a Tuchel credit. Um, I, 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 think that they have improved under him. So I, I see them sticking around. Mm. I see them improving under him. Mm. Um, but so cool. you mm. always carry that risk of he didn't buy them. He didn't, uh, originally want them. So they could be discarded just because they do not fit into his master plan.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and currently Christian Pulisic is not, but he's been trying to prove himself. He got an assist the other day.
1: Uh, he had that he's... delicious piece of skill. Two, like that shit was fucking orgasmic, that little fucking flickety flack flick. Mm-hmm. Elastic yeah, I,
0: I think that's what Christian has to do. He gets put on in the 80th minute. He's like, I gotta fucking get in this squad. He's like running around with like his head on fire. He's like, I need something. Good. Uh, I uh you know, I love to see it. I just I feel bad. He's like, Can I just get a full 90, please? <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> uh next question. Uh Gideon Tamir says, Can Lester maintain their top four six status even after age catches up Avardi. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think Leicester has incredible scouting now, incredible facilities. Um, and they're just, I think Leicester are here to stay. It even like if it falls off, I think they're not going to be anywhere lower than a mid table team for at least the next five years.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you have to fucking look at this entire picture of the Leicester story in 2014, 2015, they literally escaped rele- relegation on the last day, 2015, 2016. They won the fucking title. 2016, 2017. I think they came in eighth place, and ever since then they have been a consistent top of the half squad, if not more than top of the half, uh, top of the um, Premier League. And I mean, this year they've they've steady been in that second or third place. Last year they were in Champions League qualification places until the last two weeks. This squad is is built incredibly well, and yeah, Jamie Vardy is fucking iconic he's amazing he only fucking drinks red bull and cocaine before games yeah he is fucking amazing but and this sucks to hear no no doubt but he is replaceable you can replace jamie vardy you might not be able to replace harry kane you might not be able to replace Mo of nah nah vardy's a legend He's a, he's an absolute legend, but he is
0: irreplaceable <laughs> <laughs> in my heart. In my heart, at least he's irreplaceable truth. from truth. You're never going to find a striker who is scoring at his age with that kind of shit
1: shithousery. Maybe Diego Costa. Uh, <laughs> I just no, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you on that.
0: Yeah, I uh, next question. Uh, Vegan Run Run says which finals Chelsea most likely to get to FA or Champions League? Oh, FA Cup easily.
1: FA Cup. Jesus Christ. Grow up. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, why am I saying grow up. I'm just saying, like, with speed, let's be very realistic about this. Uh, if I don't know, I mean, if Chelsea really puts all their I, I can't see in a world where Chelsea goes up against uh, Bayern Munich or even like Real Madrid, you know, I don't think they're that far off right now in mm. terms of talent. Uh, it's Zidane versus Tuchel. It's Ramos versus Werner. Like, who are you picking? I don't know. I. I. Um, I don't know, but I would like to see Tuchel versus PSG, a little revenge game for him.
1: I'd love that. And I I think that, you know, the quality of opposition in the FA Cup is so much less than the quality of competition in the Champions League. So it's a safe bet betting, uh, you know, FA Cup win for Thomas Tuchel and Chelsea. But at the same time, they might get fucking lucky and sneak into a Champions League final. Like they're playing Porto this round, um, maybe they'll get a fucking easy game next round, and then Bing, bang, boom! All they need to do is win one fucking time, and um, the Champions League final. And it's kind of like the NFL. Any given fucking Sunday, boys, anything can happen in in that single knockout series. Right. I mean, in recent years, we've had Ajax, Lyon, uh,
0: crazy, crazy semifinals and quarterfinals. So. Um, all right. Last question comes from Hartley Foundation, two thousand four. Uh, curious to know your thoughts on the U twenty three Olympic Concacaf yeah. tournament so far. Um, gotta say, I haven't watched that much. Uh, gotta say, go USA. Uh, I don't know, man. I I don't really know that much about it either. I have a lot of friends who are very much in the U.S. men's national team. They follow kids who are like sixteen till like from like new youth development and stuff like that. I'm not that into it. I kind of look at the final product of like the guys we talked about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, and I'm not shitting on my like friends who are very much into it. I get it. It's, and it's also soccer's on. I'm going to watch it. Um, but uh, you know, I, I haven't really been following it that much, uh, but I am very excited for us men's versus Jamaica, which should be a fun match.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat as Kevin. If it's you 23, I'm probably not gonna watch it solely because there's probably a better uh game on somewhere, somewhere.
0: The thing um, the problem with us is we love all sports, so like you're gonna say, Oh, am I gonna watch the U twenty three or could I watch like the Nets versus the Jazz tonight? Exactly, or you know, I think exactly. the devil the devils play the Flyers tonight. I'm probably gonna watch that. I don't know. Uh it's it's like it's I It's 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 so tough being a sports guy, you know,
1: (laughs) especially all the sports guys like I'm going to pick the creme de la creme. I'm going to pick the best game like the Sixers last week. The Sixers were playing the Timberwolves and the Rangers were playing the Flyers. I watched uh, the Rangers was versus that the Flyers. game. Yeah, that was the uh, nine nothing game. Fuck you. <laughs> hey, you beat us 5-4 like 2 days before in overtime. So shit. We needed some revenge. But No, but, but like that's that's a that's a harsh revenge. <laughs> it is. We didn't have a coaching staff, Kevin. We finally played free. Coaching is overrated apparently.
0: Yeah, just, you know ask uh i'm not gonna even say it all right uh, look guys <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for uh listening to our show uh we thought it was going to be a short episode but hey we want to get through all your questions we love your support uh we love your questions and we love the premier league uh and we'll catch you later this week take it
1: easy Bye.
0: i'll be your dream i'll be your wish i'll be your fantasy
1: I'll be your
0: hope, I'll be your love, be
1: everything that you need. I love you more with every breath, truly, madly, deeply do. I will be strong, I will be faithful, cause I'm counting on a new me.